Hello and welcome to another episode of the Grunge Bible Podcast. We are back. We are back. We're back. back. Chris and Ethan Shalloway, Chris Salona, Ethan Shalloway, back again. And uh, Chris, how are your energy levels today? Uh, my energy levels are immaculate. I have to say, right from the get-go, um, we're sitting down to do this podcast, and I am I am enjoying a nice cold sarsaparilla, actually. Oh, like an actual yeah. actual sarsaparilla brought to you by the uh, the Yacht Club Beverage Company of North Providence, Rhode Island. So that's you know, pretty, better, that's I'm, better I'm than pretty, what I have. I got yeah, a monster. Yeah, the plain old white monster. Uh, yeah, the, white uh, monster. Um, People White like monsters them. are they're, they're good. They're very good. Yeah, I'm a monster fan. I like the I'm an original guy. Original Red Bull. Original Monster. Yeah. Original whatever. Uh, and my ther the PT that I go to the physical therapist is they have this guy that drops off like cases of monster for them. So they've got a monster guy. Yeah, they got a monster guy. So I just they're like, yeah, I just take some. So I took like four today, and yeah. they had the white ones. So I was like, Let's something go. like that is. Um one of the more invaluable like guys to have, I would say like, it's always like the random fringe things that cost a good bit of money. Like if you yeah. had, um, like if you had like a protein powder guy or like a meat guy, um, I mean, think oh, of meats think, for sure. The meat guy. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, you got some, but like I, we all have friends or friends of friends, like they own, like they work on a farm or something or like they raise their own cattle. And every so often the, uh, the meat guy makes a special delivery. So um, monster guy is equally as important, but that's a yeah. long, long winded way of saying that I'm doing quite well today. Uh, I'm excited to get into the sap zone, uh, make, make, make a little maple syrup today on the podcast. Um, so how, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, uh, doing well. I feel like, uh, it's a good time to record a pod midweek. Um, kind and of for once on, we're not doing it at midnight. <laughs> yeah, we're getting on top of it and we're getting ahead. And I think that's why I'm a little energized. It's not like, mm -hmm. like if we, if something came up and we couldn't do it today, we'd be fine. Right. So like, it just eases the pressure a little bit and not that we don't produce well under pressure because we know that we do, but yeah. we've done it before um, and we will do it again. Yeah. But I'm happy to be here. I just shaved my mustache. You're still rocking that. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm like, I'm like a month and a half in right now. I, I don't know. I don't know when I should get rid of it. I feel like I feel like I have to keep it for the summer. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I mean, I I just cut mine because it's going to grow back. You know, I was like, it always grows back. Sometimes you cut your hair just to have some some, some control. You know, yeah, just to get some control over something. Mm -hmm. So today, you know, <clears throat> today we're going to go ahead and talk about, like we said, the EP Sap from Alice in Chains, uh, a short one, four songs, then one hidden track that we'll touch on maybe <laughs> briefly. Yes, one very notable hidden track. Very notable hidden track. Uh, and then maybe some concerts we have on deck and just some other musical bits and pieces. Um, but I was thinking, Chris, since we were talking about having guys and having people to, you know, in the niche, like we have some guys and ladies out there that have our back that you know that give us what we need to we've keep got going. a lot of individuals out there that have we got our some, back yeah we got some people in the patreon zone that uh that we go to that can hook us up uh and and support us each month and that is incredible in, incredibly valuable and we've had a great month we've had some people ring the bell yeah. and again we have a new person that is joining the ranks at the top tier which is the best tier to be at because we get to say your name and you're just highly regarded in our, you know, 
yeah. in our minds. So in our inner circle. Yeah. We get to say their name uh, in perpetuity, you know, for the rest of time, which is really great. And uh, as you had said, or as I had said last week, in the words of Frank Sinatra, it was a very good year. Uh, it's been a very good month. A lot of people are sh- getting some skin in the game. You know, we talk about that around these parts. Um, if you enjoy this show and I mean, we're a hundred and this is episode 116. And it's one of those things that if there's a party or like a social gathering, uh, there reaches a point in the in the day or a point in in the gathering where it's like, oh, like it's too late to go. Uh, you know, if I show up now, like there's no point because it's going to end soon. That doesn't apply with the Grunge Bible podcast. Like we're just getting started. So if you're out there and you've been listening for a while and you're like, you know what? There's no point in supporting now because they're probably going to end soon. Um, we're not. We wow. are just, we're just getting started. We've got another 300 episodes where all this came from. And I'm happy to say, you know, over the last few weeks, if you've been listening, we've had some people join, uh, some people edit their, uh, their membership, uh, to a higher tier, um, and just people supporting us. So I would like to welcome Sherry Matthews to the top tier of Patreon. Uh, we got the, uh, notification just a few days ago. Uh, so Sherry, we want to thank you, uh, as we did in a message on Patreon. We want to thank you here on this podcast. Uh, for supporting us, uh, we hope that you continue to enjoy um, what we do around here in the same way that you enjoyed it enough to get some skin in the game. So Sherry Matthews joins uh, Keith White, Epona, Alex Long, Black Hole Sean, The Blue Owl, Brother Nature, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, Doug Endy, Corden Stewart, Kara Kay, Captain Hightop, Fresh Tendonitis, Fuck Soup, Granny Grunge, Faith Bittner, Jade Mercado, Jamie Lynn, Chris LSMS, Carlene Salona, Laura Irene, Marianne, Millie, What the Fuck's Up, Denny's, Seattle 4 fanboy from New Jersey, Nikki Six, and Rachel Corning. So thank you to the ever burgeoning uh, group of individuals. You know, like you said, everybody's got a guy for something. Like we've we've got we've got the 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 the, the prototypical or or you know the uh, the word is escaping me, but we've got guys. We've got guys. Exactly. Yeah, we've got guys. <clears throat> uh, funny thing. Uh, the other day, or last week, when we were in LA uh, at the meet, one of mm. the one of the meet, meet not meet directors, one of the officials, like you guys ready? <clears throat> and uh, Maggie, one of my old teammates, she's like, "Hey, there's ladies too." And I was like, "Ah, he might be from the Northeast." Like we call it, we call it like we don't use y'all, we use you guys, you know? Right. So like when we say or you guys, if you're from Pittsburgh, yeah. So when we say you guys, we just mean everybody, you know? So exactly. So, I always find that funny. I always find that interesting because people say y'all and and yet yeah, yins. Well, the thing is, like, very I, small group of people say yins. Very very exclusive <laughs> group of people say yins. I couldn't do it. I yeah. tried, there was a part of me that like wanted to maybe get into that when I lived in Pittsburgh, but it's not yeah. something you can. Oh, just yeah, I, do. I can't. I, I couldn't possibly say it in good conscience without feeling like a giant phony. <laughs> a fake. Yeah. And, and that's the same thing. Like, there's people, and and I'll do it from time to time. Like. But I, I don't feel like I'm qualified to say y'all either. Um, but right. I, I would say, I think in recent years, that has, um, it's become more widely accepted outside of the geographical breeding ground for it. Like I hear more and more people begin to say it. Um, so I don't know if like social media had something to do with it, but yeah, I will never, I'll never be like yins. <laughs> I'm never going to be a yinzer. I also, I, I mean, don't know if I want to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you all, y'all make sense. I just, I don't right. like it. So I, I try not, to, I try to stay away. Just call everybody friends. So thank you, friends, uh, for supporting this podcast. And Ethan, you know, we've got we've got a guy. We've got some friends to support us. Uh, we also we have a real estate guy. We do. We got a guy. 
Yeah, we, we have, have a, a real estate guy. Uh, Ethan's brother, Quinn Shalloway, is the ultimate real estate headhunter. And if you've been listening for the last four or five or six weeks, um, Grunge Bible is trying to sell a house. We want to yeah. sell your house, and we want to do it through Quinn Shalloway, who is the ultimate realtor. He's a great guy. Uh, he's a part of the GB family, and uh, that's what we need to do. So um, Quinn Shalloway at gmail.com. Uh, he is your nonstop just one-stop shop for any sort of real estate advice. Uh, he will connect you with the proper people for anything that you want to do in the real estate world. He's done it for many people uh, and he can and will do it for you. And yeah. if he does it for you, you're doing it for us because right. we've got a lovely deal. He's, he's, he's given us an offer that we can't refuse. Um, and so when this does happen, because it will happen, uh, yeah. it is going to benefit Grunge Bible handsomely. And uh, we will not only be able to get microphones, but we'll be able to get backlights. We'll be able to get artwork. We'll be able to get all that, <laughs> all that shit that Drew keeps telling us that we need to get to legitimize ourselves. So um, if you've got some real estate holdings that you want to liquidate, or if you want to buy something, or if you want to do anything in that realm, yeah. You could get us what we need. Yeah, we want to buy it. We want to sell a house, but we also we'll, we're ready to buy too. If we want we to are ready to buy. buy. <laughs> yeah, we're ready to buy as well. That's the thing. And it's, um, a, it's as like we the said Seinfeld before, ex, it's like the Seinfeld episode uh when they're talking about Art Vandelay. It's like he's an importer. <laughs> he's an importer <laughs> exporter. He does it all. <laughs> You can't just uh, so focus good. only on the importing. You have to do the exporting he, he too. Does, he does it all. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's the best thing. It's a free phone call. It's a free email, um, and really nothing. Nothing will happen. Nothing. No payments until you know a deal is done, and then we're all happy. So, um, if you're in that zone of your life, uh, easy easy way to use use a guy that's connected in your circle. Help oh, yeah. everybody out. Yep. It's nice and easy. So thank you in advance uh, for your real estate transaction. Yeah, uh, it's coming. Yeah, it's definitely coming. So message us and we'll get you in contact with him. Absolutely. Nice and easy. So that's coming down the pipe. But uh, right here and right now, in the words of, I think that was a Jesus Jones song in the 90s. Right here, right now, uh, we've got the SAP zone. We've got the SAP episode. Um, this, Ethan, has the distinction of being the shortest um, record Either, either an LP or an EP that we have ever reviewed on the Grunge Bible podcast. So like you said earlier at the top of the show, we've got four songs plus one incredible and noteworthy and remarkable hidden track. Um, so I think we just need to get right into it. So SAP was released on February the 4th, 1992. So to put this at a time and place, it was post, you know, the explosion of grunge rock that came in late 1991 with Nevermind and intend to a lesser extent at the time. Uh, and, you know, as far as Alice in Chains is concerned, this came out, um, you know, after, you know, after facelift, but before dirt and before everything that would come after that. Um, so as I said, February 4th, 1992. So kicking off 1992 with a nice little acoustic EP, um, so this EP was recorded uh, in November of 1991 over the span of about a week. And the genesis to this EP is, is pretty interesting as uh, in, this, in, in similar ways to, the, uh, to how interesting it was, you know, the story behind Jar of Flies, the more notable Alice in Chains EP. So at the time, uh, there was a little movie that was being made called uh, Singles, which you may have heard of. Uh, which we may or may not be doing an episode on at some point in the future. We're going to dangle that carrot real quick. But 
at the time, you know, it's about grunge rock and grunge and and, and citizen dick and, and, and all that good shit. So the soundtrack obviously had to fit the uh, subject matter that was being pawned off on, you know, on the big screen. So, you know, a lot of the notable bands from the era and from the area contributed songs to it. And one of the songs uh, that was contributed to it was from Alice in Chains and it was Wood. Um, so around this time, they begin to work on that song for the single soundtrack. And, you know, while they're working on that, the band just kind of felt inspired to, you know, keep working on different songs, you know, take advantage of the studio time because you never really know what's going to come out of it. And it was a it was a pretty remarkable period of, of creativity for them. Uh, they were able to create a lot of demos uh, during that short period of time, a lot, many of which uh, ended up becoming uh, the EP Sap, and many of which uh, you know you heard later on. I think Rooster was also from this point in time. So you know the band is working diligently on the song for the single soundtrack, and they're also kind of experimenting with different things. You know, different roles within the band. Jerry is starting to contribute more vocals at the mm-hmm. behest of Lane, um, and obviously they're experimenting with more acoustic uh, instruments, more kind of delicate songs. You know, certain coming off of a facelift type album and it all starts once again any good origin story has an element like what i'm about to mention here um the genesis of the sap ep what really got the wheels in motion was apparently (laughs) drummer sean kinney went to bed one night as you do you know he's probably all cozied up in his little bed with maybe a teddy bear or something like that and and he has a dream and his dream was that the band created an EP and it was called Sap. So as I imagine, he probably rushed into the studio the next day and he's like, holy fuck, guys, you're never going to guess what just happened. I had a dream that we made an EP called Sap and the band collectively decided, as they said, to not mess with fate. You're not going to attempt fate and um, they're just going to do it. So that was the genesis of it. Sean Kenny had a dream, apparently. And this is very much in the realm of the uh, the Kim Thiel, uh, Never the Machine Forever story with like, you know, it's a, <laughs> I don't know if it happened, you know, we have to take their word for it. But um, that's the story that they stuck with. So they decided uh, that they were going to do it. And as I said, in November of 1991, they went into the studio and they cut these songs and it was fantastic. Um, as we said, there's a lot of different stylistic differences here. Um, and oddly enough, this kind of lays the foundation for, I think, what a lot of people know Alice in Chains for. I mean, you have the people that are in the facelift camp, and then you have other people that really, really feel a deep resonation with some of their acoustic stuff. Obviously, the Unplugged concert in 96. And and, and the bedrock of that was really laid, I think, with the SAP EP. And as we said, Lane Staley had been encouraging Jerry Cantrell to sing more. Uh, and, you know, really for the mm-hmm. first time in Alice in Chains's, at the time, short history, uh, we see Jerry Cantrell take lead vocals and really have a prominent um prominent vocal display on this EP, which is really, really cool. Um, Another aspect about this EP that I think is really interesting is they released it without um, any sort of uh, advertising or promotion. So at the time they decided they cut the record, they were going to release it on the 4th of February, 1992. And what they did, they just sent it to all these record stores and it was in there. And the people that were going looking for Alice in Chains stuff had a nice little present for them at the time. So I think that's a really, really cool thing. And they had 
commented on that saying that they really wanted it uh you know to kind of be a gift for the uh like the connoisseurs of of their band and it certainly was um you know and this album lived on in a few different iterations it was re-released in 1995 uh and notably two of the four uh official songs uh on the album uh, were included and were performed uh at the unplugged show in 1996 and and that would be the first two shows or two songs of this ep which are brother and um got me wrong so that's a brief uh gentleman's history of the sap ep yep <clears throat> very well said um also in uh i believe it was in 94 clerks played uh clerks. Got, played uh got me wrong in there i don't know are you a clerks fan chris have you seen the movie um, and I think it's a Clerks 2 as well, but Clerks 1. I, I didn't know that there was a movie called Clerks until I was reading and researching this uh, yeah. this EP. So uh, that would be a no. <laughs> you definitely need to take the time and watch you, you it. You think it's, it's, up, it's in my wheelhouse? I think so. It yeah. is um, quintessential 90s humor, you know, movie store, oh, hell uh, yeah. just friend groups. It's like kind of small skits and mm-hmm. um, it's a cult classic. Like it's. You know, it's regarded within the Big Lebowski and Pulp Fiction type of films, and it really is uh, different. You know, it's it's like a, it's a different type of movie that I think I think you'd like. You know, get home, have yourself. You know, get, get you know get a pizza, get a soda, get a gummy, I mean, something like that. Nice just, sarsaparilla and a nice yeah, gummy, and just enjoy it. it it's pretty funny. So um, I forgot. I didn't really think think of it until I was reading as well that it was on there. So that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Pretty yeah. cool little uh, part to it. Well, it is interesting, too, um, because I'm sure, you know, there's a lot of people that discovered, you know, certain songs from from film. And, and I know it happens to me to this day. Um, another one that I think of, you know, I think there were a lot of people that discovered Release by Pearl Jam from Out of the Furnace. Uh, you know, I believe that song is, uh, is, is prominently used uh, towards the end of that movie. I think Ethan... Back in the day when you were in, you went to Finland for the first time, I think you watched it out there. I remember getting some Snapchats, and you're like, oh, "Holy yeah. shit!" Release has saved me yet again. So that um, was such a good time. We should, I, I, maybe we can do an episode on that time. I wonder if yeah. I have some like go back to my notepad and mm-hmm. and see, you know, talk about some of those times. Because yeah. I mean, if that time fun. didn't happen, we wouldn't have grunge by hundred percent, hundred percent. And we'll have to shed some more light on that. But what do you say? Um, Let's we get say we get, we get into this, so we only have four songs, so you know we gotta right. we got we, we gotta make them last here a little bit, or we can just burn or, through yeah, them. I say we're good, yeah, we we just do yeah, normal we can, normal we can stuff. We just rip through them. So uh, let's let's start from the top here. We're gonna start with Brother. Um, notably, this features vocals from Ann Wilson of Heart, um, which is a really really cool um, aspect to this song and one that I've always appreciated. Um, this one is is really really chilling and and as i said kind of setting the foundation for a lot of what you would find on jar of flies and a lot of the mood that i think existed uh in the room at unplugged you know you can start to see allison chains's capabilities to create those types of environments and those types of moments uh on the sap ep and it starts right from the top with this song written by jerry cantrell um as i said you know taking lead vocals um really for the first time uh and and he was writing this song about the relationship that he had with his younger brother um and and this song is in a way i i look at it as kind of a companion with rooster in the sense that uh you know it's from from jerry cantrell's perspective kind of speaking to his experiences with his family so in the music bank box set in 1999 um he, he wrote some notes um uh 
you know, about brother. Uh, and he was, he was kind of saying, you know, what, what this song was about. And he said, ours was a divorced family. I was the older brother and we had a sister in the middle. As you know, when you're a kid, there's no way you want to hang out with your four year younger brother. You'll take care of the guy if someone's trying to kick his ass. But other than that, you don't want to know. I think I was really hard on him, especially without my father around. David, meaning his younger brother, had nobody. He split to live with my dad, and we didn't see much of each other for a good six or seven years. That song was about the time we were apart. And like Rooster it was with my dad, it was a way of trying to build a bridge. Um, and I think, you know, Jerry has spoken quite expansively on Rooster, um, and it's interesting to kind of hear that, um, you know, uh, as it relates to brother. And I think mm -hmm. even without knowing that background, you can, you can glean that directly from a lot of these lyrics. And, um, it's just, uh, it's a really, really, you know, we use this word a lot with Alice in Chains. Um, it's a really heavy song. And I think when you, when you use the word heavy with Alice in Chains, it can mean two different things. Um, you know, they bring really, really heavy riffs in your face, but also the subject matter, um, you know, time and time again is, is, is really the sort of thing that really stops you in your tracks. And, and I think, a lot of these themes that are present are unfortunately very common, I think, in, in family life or relationships, uh, you know, with people that you love. And this is no different from that. Yeah, um, I wrote down the lyric, uh, roses in a vase of white, bloodied by the thorns beside the leaves that fall beside my hand uh, is pulling them hard as I can. And uh I, I love the visual of that, of like, you know, grabbing the thorns next to the leaves and blooding my hand because I'm pulling them mm -hmm. so hard. And, uh, you know, something, you know, so beautiful as a flower that still has thorns that um, you want to access. But, you know, mm -hmm. say talking about family dynamic or however you want to bring it back. And yeah, yeah, it's, it's a strong song. I love when uh, artists speak on it and, and mm -hmm. give a little insight and stuff. So um, yeah. that is really special. Um, yeah. I was looking, I looked up the 2006 version with um, Ann Wilson in Seattle. They played. Yeah. And uh, wow, what, you know, she really adds something special to the, you know, something special to it. And Lane has mm -hmm. a higher pitched voice. Um, so having Ann come in and add a female voice vocal is, it fits so well because she's obviously extremely talented and strong in mm -hmm. her delivery. So, it just meshed so well. Um, they were calling her Queen Anne, which <laughs> is a portion of Seattle, like an outside neighborhood that is actually called Queen Anne. So it's kind of cool because it it shows the connection that yeah. to Seattle. And I think later when we get to Right Turn, like obviously have multiple bands and people, Alice in Mudgarden. So the 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 connection in the the city for this um, EP is, is really cool. strong. And yeah, it's really strong. And it just shows the ties that, um, yeah, the, the music scene had during that time, which is yeah. why we love it. Absolutely. Um, one other aspect just about the lyrics, and I think it's such a masterful job of songwriting. Um, you know, Jerry Cantrell, as I said, writing it from the perspective about his relationship with his younger brother. Um, you know, I think when you go through tumultuous times with people that you love and especially family members, um, you know, there's, there's, 
there's a certain totality of blame uh, that you place, whether it's, you know, it's all or nothing, like it's either all their fault or it's all your fault. And it's never really anywhere in the middle. Um, and I love what they do in the chorus, you know, in the cor- it begins the first time through, you were always so far away. I know that pain. So don't you run away like you used to do. And then the next time it comes around, it says, I know that pain. I won't run away like I used to do. And it's kind of like with the passing of years and certainly with what he wrote about it in the music bank box uh, liner notes, um, there's kind of a, a realization that it's, you know, it's not entirely his fault. And, mm-hmm. you know, with the understanding, like maybe I was too hard on him and and it wasn't you know, he didn't run away. Maybe I didn't create or help to create an environment, you know, welcoming and and, and safe enough for this person. And, and I think that perspective um, is really, really powerful, you know, especially looking back because you do lose time. Uh, so this this song is such a great, uh, you know, um, cautionary tale, I would guess, but just, you know, an example, you know, you lose time and it's, it's really special if you're able to look back and, and realize, you know, certain responsibilities that you had and and if you have the opportunity to make it right i think it's really important and it's special to do that and you feel better afterwards um my last thought with brother um of the entire unplugged show you know it's impossible to beat nutshell obviously but the the third verse when they sing uh at unplugged when they sing pictures in a box at home yellow and green with mold so i can barely see your face wonder how that color tastes it's dead quiet and in and, and the harmony between Lane, you know, a very sick Lane and Jerry Cantrell is is one of the more haunting moments, I think, in Alice in Chains' history. Uh, and it's and it's right here on that song. Second song in the EP, Got Me Wrong. Um, this is great. This one um, also, ta- you know, Lane, or sorry, Jerry talks about, you know, the relationship where one person thinks they can fix another and um, everybody's gotten into those type of situations where mm-hmm. you're thinking you're being the good guy or the good girl and, and being able to help someone through their pain. And, and it shows the difference in how, um, you know, the genders react and how we how we deal with that type of stuff and how we view and kind of accept it. And it's good. This is um, <clears throat> I wrote down, you know, the duality here is of of Lane and Jerry's vocals is about as different as you're going to get, you know, yeah. going through. And that's why everybody loves this band is because two totally different sounding people come together and create something that sounds awesome. And, and it's just done so well. And that, that mm-hmm. is the song to a T. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so impressive. And I think when you get to this point, you know, they're playing with acoustic instruments. So those voices have so much more real estate that they can cover because, you know, you're taking away a lot of these plugged in elements to the songs and, you know, the pre-chorus and the chorus of this, um, just the way that Lane just kind of cuts in and just soars above everything. Um, I, I always think of, you know, when the song where, you know, that don't last forever. And then you hear Lane hit that forever and Jerry's holding his note, but Lane is just going way up high, uh, you know, and everything stops in, 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 in time for Jerry to sing. Something's got to turn out right. Um, this song is as good as any and uh, that you'll find in their catalog to, showcase the ability that they had and i love that that you mentioned kind of the the elements of of opposites being so complementary and um you know i think that's true in so many different settings and in human relationships and and also in art uh in the juxtaposition there is really really powerful and and also i got to talk about 
the the strumming on this song this song is a fucking strumming powerhouse this one's so fun to play it's like one of the only things i can play that sounds good um and this song's super super fun um it's it's fast paced it's 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 a it's a great mover and uh, it's just a it's a really really brilliant song um you know as that's all Jerry Cantrell does, and he's still doing it. You know, he's just writing brilliant, brilliant things. He just has a knack for, um, you know, writing things that just stick with you, stick with you in your ear, and stick with you in your mind. And and he certainly did that on the Sap EP. Uh, one lyric that I want to point out it says, you know, it says sugars, sugars taste, and then it says sweetness doesn't often touch my face. And uh, I don't know. That's pretty. That's that's one of those. Uh, it's one of those lyrics that stick out for some reason. Sweetness doesn't often touch my face. It's like, uh, for some reason, it's just uh, very strong. And I don't know, when people feel like they're really down when, when something comes around or when they feel like they're in a good spot, it really, you know, is important because mm-hmm. it doesn't happen often. So I don't yeah. know. I wrote that one down. I was like, yeah. it's a good one. So unsure we reach for something strong. That's yeah. another great one. Yeah, really, really, really impressive song. Um, as we move into the uh, the back half now, we're already we're already at number three. This is the penultimate song. Uh, this is one that is uh, it's it's gotten a fair amount of airtime uh, on the Grunge Bible podcast, and that would be Right Turn uh, by Alice in Chains, uh, accredited to Alice Mudgarden, because as we know well by now, hopefully, if you've been paying attention, um, it features Mark Arm of Mudhoney and Chris Cornell of Soundgarden, uh, both of them providing vocals on this. And this song is, it's just, it's just a treat, I think, for any fan of uh, grunge rock, any fan of just the Seattle scene at the time, and and, and just really, really impressive music uh this song is such a treat uh it's such a gem that we have and you, and you think about like all the moving parts uh you know that that existed at the time and how busy different people were and also how you know limited we were in 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 the lifespan of of some of these people to to be able to come together for moments like this i think it's so so special that this one exists um like that last minute of this song is um it's just it's it's incredible um i don't even really know you know what else there is to say what other superlatives you could give it but it's just this absolutely unreal um coming together of major majorly talented dudes uh that Mm -hmm. ruled seattle at the time uh you know when they hit when chris cornell comes in you know after the 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 consistent like we ain't right and he hits that it's hard to believe somebody tricked you and you can hear mark doing his thing in the background and lane just flying in at different points um it's so awesome. It's so, so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This one, again, is like a treat for everybody that um, yeah, loves the scene. It's a tasty little treat. Like, again, like I said, it shows the camaraderie between everybody in that in that city. And, um, you know, this one's a tough one, too, because of the subject matter, obviously, being about addiction, kind of, you know, an unromanticized, vert, you know, talking about it. It's very harsh. And, you know, I, I think... Lane, um, you know, started to, started having trouble in '91. So this is soon after he got into it, and uh, you know, some say maybe it could be about Andrew Wood and that yeah. that period of time. But mm-hmm. um, you know, it's early on in the stages for Lane, and uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of you know a little uneasy feeling when you you know you can listen to it and put it in a yeah. time and place. But yeah, it totally the ending is. It, the ending is uh, quite great. 
Yeah. It's hard to believe that somebody tricked you when you can see you were only high. It's all up to you. So you gamble flat on your face and into the fire. I mean, it doesn't get more scalding than that. I mean, and just kind of speaking to the fact of how disorienting a lot of these uh, issues and, and struggles that they had, you know, it can distort your reality. It can, it can put you into some pretty tough situations. And in this one too, you know, it's, um, the seriousness of the subject matter of, of this song is only matched, I think, by the just vocal unbelievability that's on display here. Um, it's yeah. one of those that, you know, you kind of don't pay attention to what what they're singing just because it sounds so good and and yeah. i it's it's I it, fall it took trapped me, to that a lot yeah it took me a long time and i'm always a lyrics person like it took me a long time to actually think about and listen to these lyrics because i couldn't get over how complimentary everybody's voices were towards the end of this one um, but once once i got there it's you know it's like you said um some really really heavy stuff and uh and keeping with the allison chains tradition of discussing the heavy things uh, the final song on the EP is a song called Am I Inside? And this was uh, Lane Staley's uh, singular uh, v- uh, lyrical contribution uh, to this EP. He wrote the lyrics for this one. And um, I think this is this this foreshadows, uh, not only, not foreshadows really, but it's just a continuation of a lot of what we see Lane write about when he does write lyrics for Chain's songs. And, um, you know, this one, it starts out, Loneliness, it shadows me quicker than darkness, crawls to the surface of my skin, visibly surrounded by it. Black is all I feel, so this is how it feels to be free. And this one is, um, it's a really delicate song. Um, it's really um, intricate in the different parts. Um, you know, Ann Wilson is included in this one as well, which once again adds Amazing. a really, really great element. Um, such a special element and such a more notable um you know, in a different flavor, in addition to what Jerry and, and Lane could do together, uh, I think including Ann Wilson here is um, really, really special. And, and this one, it's just, it's one of those things, um, you know, with, with Lane and, and knowing, you know, with 31 years in the rear view of this one and, and you know, Lane having, having been dead for 11 years now, um, it's just, it's really sad. You know, it, it, oftentimes, and, you know, we say the same thing about Chris Cornell and people say the same thing about uh, Kurt Cobain and, and anybody who's, who's passed and who's struggled and succumbed to certain struggles. Um, you know, like the, it's right there. Uh, and, and you can read it, you know, in plain English on, on the sheet, um, you know, what they've been struggling with. And it's always impressive. I always say this, but it's true. You know, these guys could write so honestly about the things that they were struggling with and the things that their peers were struggling with. Um, and that they could take something that's so destructive and so painful for them and turn it into something beautiful um, through song, which is a magic trick of which the likes I will never be able to do. And I don't understand, you know, how, how they do it, but they do yeah. it. And, and these guys did it all the time. Yeah. Um, pointing out, yeah, Ann Wilson again. I think she's just so perfect. It's a beautiful, beautiful addition. And, uh, this song I, I wrote down, you know, obviously it's very haunting. Um, and then I put comforting it with a question mark next to it. Um, I, I feel like people, it's one of those songs that when you're struggling, you can listen to. And although it's very deep and heavy, like I didn't listen to the song in a while. So going yeah. back to it, I was like, wow, this is such a, you know, it's a ballad of sorts and it, it really does have a lot to offer. And, um, and I also wrote down, like, I wonder, 
you know, if you're a teenager and you get this EP and it finishes with this, like what that does to a young listener, you know, and, and somebody that is, yeah, in in their in their teens and trying to figure things out, and obviously there's a lot of peer pressure and there's stuff going on. And mm-hmm. um, I actually texted Andy Engelman because I know that he's obviously a huge sap and Alice Chance. He hasn't responded yet, but I want to be like, you know, what was this like getting as a kid and and listening to it? Yeah, and like where does this where where was your mind during that time? Because mm-hmm. um, that's something that you know. We weren't anticipating any. I mean, no one was anticipating this. I guess it was a it was a right. release, you know, release the way it was. But yeah, I don't know. I kind of put myself there. I was like, I wonder what this would be like. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was kind of my thought process. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I love kind of the once again uh, in in a similar way that it was. Uh, you know, it, it it struck me with brother and and just the way that the words are changed. You know, towards the end of this song, you know, it, it repeats miles beside himself, miles below himself, miles behind himself. Am I inside myself? Um, and yeah, that's one of those when you try to deconstruct the meaning, you almost don't know how to verbalize, you know, what it might mean to you. But it is uh, I think I think something like that is particularly powerful. And uh, yeah, this is a good one. I, I overlook it all the time. I'm really guilty uh, because of the first three songs that are on this. You know, they get 90% of your attention. But if you can take that last 10% and maybe spread it out and spend some more time with the song like Am I Inside, um, you know, you'll you'll come away with a new appreciation for it and, uh, you know, you'll be affected by it. And that's what these these musicians do for us. You know, they they affect us and they they teach us something through their music. And, and Alice in Chains did that. Um, consistently throughout their career, and they continue to do it. Um, and they also they also did it on the lovely hidden track on SAP. So I just need to, um, mm-hmm. uh, Ethan. I'm I'm not. You you probably know this, but so the the hidden track is a incredible powerhouse of a song uh, called Love Song. And I would just like to introduce the starting lineup. Um, on vocals, we had Sean Kinney. Um, on drums, we had a fellow named Lane Staley. Um, on bass guitar, we had a man named Jerry Cantrell. And on regular six-string guitar, we had Mike Starr. Yeah. Um, I just... I. <laughs> They switched I love the, it up. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they hit us with that that Uno reverse card. Uh, Sean Kinney also hopping on the piano and, and contributing the most important megaphone contributions yes. uh, to this song. And I just like, I have no idea the conditions in the studio that led to them uh, switching places like that, um, creating a song and also sticking with it long enough to cut it and, and put it as a hidden track on this record. But I love that they did it. I think <laughs> this is this is Alice in Chains' version of my second album by, yep. by STP. Um, and it kind of starts like that. This kind of sounds like I don't even I don't even know how to describe the way it begins, and then it just becomes this like Chaos. really wild, thrashy, just like polka, like <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a polka. Yeah, it is. So it is. It's pretty strange. Uh, I I heard like Avenged Sevenfold has a lot of weird stuff that they do, or mm-hmm. you know, they're playing the piano and somebody's like pleading in the background and. That's kind of how this is. And then, yeah, it gets like punky. And I think it's the fact that they're all playing different instruments too. They kept yeah, it. Which, which is really fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, this is one of those things where there's a lot of times when bands do stuff and it's like, oh, yeah, they're just having fun here. They mm-hmm. wanted to produce something super weird. And they were like, yeah, let's just, like, let's, let's just put it out there for fun. And like, we have it. It's ours. Like, 
So yeah, yeah I, I respect it. I love that people do this. Yeah, um, I, I I respect. It's wild. It's just I wild. I think I'd go as far to say that I revere this one. And uh, a really good uh, YouTube comment uh, on on one of the uh, the postings of this song. Uh, this is by a commenter named Chuck McGill. So Big Chuck says, "Imagine someone listening to this as the first Alice in Chains song that they listen to." <laughs> and Seriously. I hope that there's somebody out there that had that experience um, because number one, just how strange everything sounds because they're all playing instruments that they didn't typically play um secondly the the person singing you know never sang and third of all the lyrics dude um (laughs) the lyrics are get get the midget get the fucking midget where the deer and the antelope play what what does that even mean and and then they want you to kiss the midget you gotta kiss my teeth out my my gums are bleeding or whatever make me i just I'm not coming back, bitch. I think I should say something. I can't see. I can't feel anything. This is just, this is um like Bizarro World type stuff. I mean, this and it's is titled um, Love Story. And it's titled yeah. Which what a what what type of deranged love story this is? Love song this is. Um, I don't know. This is one that I. I wasn't aware that it existed for a while into my AIC fandom. And then when I learned about it, I'm just like, what the fuck? And it's funny. So like when, when we started to prep for this, uh, for this episode, I didn't remember it, but then I went back on YouTube to find it. And I, I had seen that I had listened. I had listened to it before because like the progress bar was full and I had liked some comments on some of the, uh, the postings of it, but I don't know how I ever could have forgotten about this one. This right. is like, this is something that you hear and I don't know that you ever recover from that experience. Um, and, and my condolences to people that do, because, uh, you know, it changes your world and, you know, I don't think you, I don't think the world looks yeah. the same after you listen to, <clears throat> after you listen to love song by Alice in Chains. It sounds like the end of a fish concert in there. <laughs> Where Trey's got like four guitars strapped on him. <laughs> oh, Chris, you'll, you'll love, yeah, exactly. And someone's playing just a snare drum. Like, yeah. Dude, I, I was listening to uh, the Ryan Rosillo podcast and he was talking about, yeah. he's, he's a jam band guy. He's talking about a fish concert and you're going to love this. I've been, been wanting to tell you, but yeah. he said, yeah, after the show, everybody's out there doing nitrous and they have balloons and whatnot. And he said that somebody, somebody's out there, and and they hit hit the balloon, and like all of a sudden they like fell over and started seizing up. Holy and, shit! Which I think happens a lot at the at mm. with when you, with the combination of those things because yeah. it takes away it takes away all the brain or all the air from your brain. But uh, sounds about right. And so somebody was like, someone like call call the ambulance or like what should we do? And then a guy mm-hmm. like put out you know put out his hands like hold on hold on. He's like. Let him fish. Let him fish. And I fucking love that. Dude, Holy he's, shit. He's just fishing, dude. Let him go. Let him go. Let him, let him fish, man. Let him fish. <laughs> that is incredible. Let I him love fish. You just got to let him fish sometimes. <laughs> and you had, to, you, had to, you had to let Alice and Chains fish on Love yes, Song. Yes, exactly. That's what you it was. You just had to like, do dude, it. And, and I love at the end, fish. You, can, you can hear somebody say, that was perfect, you guys. That was great. <laughs> I mean, it was. I wonder if they've ever know? done this live. Like, I, I hope to God that they haven't because I, <laughs> I, I fear for the condition of the crowd um, after something like this. But if you catch I'm, the right crowd, you're, they're going to love it. Yeah, in the same way that I said with my, nitrous. <laughs> yeah, in the same way that I express my gratitude for something like right turn existing, um, I express equal degrees of gratitude for this existing, but for entirely different reasons. Um, this yeah. one is, yeah, this is this is a good one, and I'm glad that um, I'm glad that it's out there. 
I'm glad be we careful. Spent, I'm glad we spent the most time on it. Now. Yeah, exactly. We we spent we spent like three minutes on right turn, and here we are dedicating most of the episode to uh, love song. This is the way but it falls. Sometimes you have more things is, to say about. Yeah, uh, this is the way that it happens on the Grunge Bible podcast. It's so. it's tough when you're when we're talking about songs that are incredibly well known, incredibly listened to. Everybody mm-hmm. said these things like yeah, ah, oh, the harmony, like ah, oh, listen to Chris sing, like you know. Yeah. I mean, what can you say? But then you get something like this that's not talked about, and you get well, to everything has already fun. been said about that stuff. I mean, how many yeah. how many times can I say that I'm a lyrics guy, or how many times can I talk <laughs> about the subject matter, or yeah. you know, anything like that? And then you just gotta let it rip with love songs. So yeah. that's what that's what we do around here. Um, so that is Sap 1992. EP and uh, really happy to have it. Uh, our buddy Eric Lederman said that he was gifted a, the double vinyl with Sap and Jar of Flies, and I think that's super badass. That is so yeah. cool. If I were to be able to get my hands one. on that, yeah, that's really that's really I think the best way to to have them both is together because it makes an incredible full length. Um, so yeah, yeah, go out, listen to Sap, enjoy, um, and you know. Listen to love story. Listen, li- yeah. Listen, listen to uh, listen to that hidden track. Um, so we want to thank you for taking some time to listen to our discussion of SAP. Um, if you would like to support us, uh, as we mentioned at the beginning, we do have a little thing called Patreon, which is the best way to support us. Uh, it's been a really, really good stretch. We've we've been able to ring the bell. I think two or three weeks in a row. So um, get some skin in the game and keep that streak going. Yeah. Uh, let's keep those good vibes going. Um, but otherwise we do, uh, you know, if Patreon is um, a little too intangible for you, we do have something that you can grab onto and something you can hold close to you. Uh, multiple different things. And those can all be found on the Grunge Bible merchandise store, which is uh, very conveniently linked in the show notes. And, um, Ethan, if if I may, I'd like to share the most recent uh, story that I've heard as it relates to <laughs> as it relates to our merchandise. Oh yeah, so let's hear it. so our our top level Patreon supporter uh, Eddie Vetter got me through my second divorce. Uh, very recently, uh, I was I was chatting with him, and he's like, "I need to call you right now. Something incredible just happened. Something like you're gonna shit a brick when you hear this." I was like, "All right, like lay it on me." And he calls me. He's like, "Hey, so I was at a bar with my friend, and I was wearing my Grunge Bible T-shirt because uh, he's a good person and he has some skin in the game. Uh, so he's a Patreon supporter, and he bought merch." Um, so he's sitting there, and he's like, "Yeah, I wear, I wear my Grunge Bible T-shirt. Like I, I'm. It's in my." regular rotation like yeah. i wear it and i wore it out to this bar it was like you know afternoon like i just like grabbed a drink with a friend and he's sitting there and he, the way he described it i believe this this gentleman who kind of looked like the gorton's fisherman mm. um walks up to him and, and says to him not even like <laughs> yeah not even like hey hello how are you he's like what's grunge bible <laughs> my friend i forget the way I think my friend, the way he describes it to people, he's like, oh, like one of my one of my friends uh, uh, writes about music for this website or something. And, and that's what it's called, which is a very easy way to describe it. It's nice yeah. and simple. Yeah. And I shit you not, Ethan, Gorton responds after that. He's like, do they write about mud, honey? <laughs> he was like, do they write about mud, honey? And, and my friend was like, yeah, like they... 
He's like, obviously, because Mud Honey is the only real grunge band, you know, they influence so many different things. And then this guy is off to the races. Like, he starts on this really, really oh, long diatribe about how, like, oh, well, like, the British invasion inspired a lot of the younger songwriters. <laughs> and you had the Who and the Stones and obviously the Beatles. So, like, it wasn't just Mud Honey and there were other bands and everything <laughs> like that. And, like, my friend is just like, all right, like, I, I, I gave you what you wanted. Like, I'm, I'm not, like, and he was also, he's, he's like, Chris, like, I, I, I only know what I know about grunge because I just listen to the podcast and I follow the page. Like I'm not like an enthusiast. So he's like, I don't have the bat speed to have a conversation about the, the seminal influences behind the, the movement of grunge rock with the Gorton's fishermen. So it was just one of those, one of those situations where, you know, you just, you give the guy as much, uh, as much line as he needs to go where he wants to go. And then you just snip it and send him on his way. The Gorton's could you imagine if somebody walks up to you, do they write about mud? <laughs> that is amazing it and he so gave him fucking perfect he responded in the perfect the perfect manner to really set him off and, well, and get that's him what he, because he was he's like chris he's like i had to he's like in grunge bible lore like you have to yeah anytime it's mentioned the only real grunge band so right. um that is basically one i wanted to tell that story because it's funny but also that is the perfect way and that's exactly how i would hope uh, you know, grunge Bible community members carry themselves. You know, they're not afraid yeah. to get skin in the game and they're not afraid to go to bat for a band like Mud Honey. Yeah. Uh, you know, despite whatever uh, nautical presence in front of them might disagree. So uh, I'm very thankful for that story. And I'm very That's thankful good. for the support of Eddie. Eddie Vetter got me through my second divorce. That's right. Yeah, he does it all, man. He listens, he's yeah. a Patreon supporter, and then also. Where's the merch? That's yeah. awesome. What more could you ask for? The Trinity. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. So that's that's it. Yeah, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Shout out to our producer Drew McFadden for always doing a wonderful job, buzzer beater to buzzer beater. He's got that clutch gene in him. So thank you very much. Uh, without you, it would not be possible. Um, we got a new intro coming. I'm not sure if it happened on this one. He's been sending us back and forth. Yeah, but, it's, it's, you know, I, I hope we get some advance notes. Maybe, maybe next week. So take some time and listen to the intros. There was one in the first 45 episodes before we got the second one or something yeah. like that. And then we had a roll with the second one. Now we got third. So Drew produces not only all the sound edit or doesn't does all the sound editing, but he also does our intros. And he's very talented when it comes to uh, writing. So. Uh, next time, take a listen to the intro a little more in-depthly and uh, know that Drew is producing that. That's homegrown, yeah. baby. And and I'm you guys are going to love this next one. Yeah. yeah. You guys are going to love it. Yeah, the next well, one's actually, always Ethan, the best. We, we've, but... had, um, we've had three intros. We had a yeah. special edition one-off for, for episode Drew, 69. For the Drew McFadden show. Oh, no, that was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had episode 69, a, a funky one. Um, yeah. So that'll, that'll have to come around for episode 696. 69. Again, yeah. one sixty-nine. Yeah, so. Exactly. So, what do you say we uh, we get some songs of the week on paper and we get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. You got one on hand on deck? Yeah, I do. I do have one. Um, this is one that I wasn't going to include, um, but I I think I wanted to make it my song of the week a few weeks ago. But I think it was an album review, and and we ended up picking a couple from the album. So. I had forgotten about it, but I'm glad that I came back to it. I heard it in the car last night when I was driving home. Uh, we're going to go back to Ethan. I believe you picked one of their songs a couple of months ago, uh, Silver Jews. Uh, I'm going to pick Trains Across the Sea uh, from their album Starlight Walker. 
Um, this song, maybe about a month ago, um, I heard it at a time when I needed to hear a song like it. And um, it just really, um, it's just one of those songs that, uh, you know, you listen to music for a long time like us, and you spend a lot of time in your day listening. And like, you feel like, you know, the, the, uh, the highs come fewer and fewer, you know, because like, you've heard a lot of stuff and like, it's not every day anymore that like a song deeply affects you that you haven't heard before. And then this one really got to me. Um, I don't really know why it's just the, the, the delivery and the way it sounds and, you know, just some of the abstract themes that I, that I, that exist on this one, um, are just really, they, they affected me. Uh, some of the lyrics half hours on earth, what are they worth? I don't know. In 27 years, I've drunk 50,000 beers and they just wash against me like the sea into a pier. Um, and, and the strumming is so complimentary of the lyrics and, uh, it's just a really, really special song. And I'm, and I'm grateful that, um, I was able to have an experience yeah. with it and I was able to, to come across it at a time where I, I needed a song like that. So, um, I'm going to make that my song of the week. Great choice. Great choice. Great band. Um, glad we're going to yeah. diving into them and listen to them a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. they're really, they're really awesome. Yeah. Um, for my da- song, David Lee, Berman was so so special, you know. I mean, he was, he, was. he was really really incredible. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, I really appreciate listening to that and thinking about him. Um, my song is going to be off. You can't stop the bun r- bum rush by Len, nineteen ninety nine. Steal my sunshine, and uh, it's been playing. We play it a few times when we're out training, and it's one of my favorite summer songs. It's got this, you know, it's got a really upbeat track with some you know bottle popping type noises or something and it's uh it's just a fun summer song and i love it it's one of my favorite 90s uh rock songs right on right on the buzzer beater 1999 so yep i'm throwing it on there it's great hell yeah man i like that Oh, you just sent me something from Tom Berlin, I see. I did, yeah. She's supporting Ray LaMontagne on tour, which I really, really loved Ray LaMontagne back when I was in college. So I might have Ray to go. Ray LaMontague. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah, man. So, yeah, I've got I've got a really full... September is becoming a busy month for me for concerts, but we're running short on time. So I think inevitably we're going to... We'll probably do an episode just about yeah, we'll save our it. concerts this year. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep everybody waiting. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's all I got, Chris. That's all you have. That's all I have. All right, guys. So lastly, uh, thank you again for listening. Please share. Please continue to listen and follow along and, uh, you know, give us some feedback. It's all we can ask for. That's it. We can, we can ask for that and, and, and your money, too. Yeah, so that's true. we're asking for that as well. Yep. Kiss the midget. <laughs> In the words of love story. Get that midget and kiss him. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much. We love you. And we'll talk to you same time, same place next week. Thanks, everybody. Uh, See you then. Good night, Canada. Loud love. Good night, Canada. Uh, Rock and roll.